Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. She's back. Commentator Young Voices, we have Ms. Sarah Montalbano, a commentator with Young Voices, research associate at the Alaska Policy Forum. All right, so we're going to talk about the ice queen who has been thawed out to run during a time as this, Sarah Palin. Yes, Sarah Palin has re-entered the world of politics. Um, Sarah, I don't want to presume what you know or think about Sarah Palin getting back into politics. So I will let you tell us and then opine. Absolutely. I think Sarah Palin has a lot of name recognition that's going to help her try and fill Don Young's former seat. And she's getting a lot of media attention outside of Alaska for this. But I think generally Alaskan opinion is not all that favorable, including my own. We're all still a little collectively annoyed that she resigned her governorship in 2009. And so I think Alaskans really understand that we want someone who is going to advocate for Alaskan interests, even if it's unpopular with the Republican Party line. And so I think generally she does have a shot, but she will have to avoid major gaffes and she will try and have to demonstrate that she has this philosophy of representation. Yeah, well, she's gonna lose. Um, tell me why do you think she decided to get back into elected politics and I got some stats and some gaffes she has made and some other things she has said that are problematic from Alaska. So why do you think she decided that this is the time for her to get back in? I think generally she's probably picking up on a lot of discontent mm-hmm. with President Biden. And that I think you know Alaska's always been a fairly strong Republican state. Um, and so I think she just is trying trying her hand again here. Uh, again, I'm not really sure why she's taken a decade off um, and decided to try and come back and do this big seat when there's a lot of other qualified candidates um, who have been doing local government things in the yeah. meantime. <laughs> you got a lot of candidates running in this particular race with her. How many candidates total? Uh, there's about 50 candidates. That's amazing, um, 50 candidates. Yeah. Yeah, it's really rough. I think about 17 are Republicans and about six Democrats and a whole slew of independents and yeah. third parties. Okay, so let me ask you about this because politically, let's say she let's say she wins. Let's say she makes it to the next round, right? Let's say she's in. Um, remember when she says, when she said, and I quote, as Putin rears his head and comes into the airspace of the United States of America, where where do they go? It's Alaska, it's just right over the border. And that was her explanation of her foreign policy experience was that she could kind of see Russia. And then here's another dynamic because it's really interesting how the GOP has become romantically involved with Putin in this particular era. So roughly what, 12, 13, 14 years ago, uh, the and this was back, excuse me, back in 2014, March 2014. Sarah Palin said, and I quote, "Mr. President, talking about President Obama, Mr. President, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a nuke is a good guy with a nuke." Um, talking about how he needs to handle Vladimir Putin. Well, that's not a Donald Trump position. Donald Trump has endorsed Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin 
has an adversarial international view as it relates to Trump's position on Russia. So how do you think they're going to live at peace with this very different approach to the Kremlin? I think it's really difficult to say exactly. I think one important point to to, to note is that as a member of the House, she's going to be effectively neutered in her first term. She's not going to be able to do anything effective. Um, but I think what's generally true is that she will not be doing anything even in future terms if she was to get elected. I think she would be mostly using Congress as a platform for publicity. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly what Trump thinks of that particular uh, view of hers, um, but I- You may I not know. Yeah, yeah, it's very. He, he may not be aware. I mean, she did yeah. say it years ago. Here's what I think will happen, Sarah, and, and obviously, correct me if you think I'm wrong. I think Sarah Palin lacks integrity. I think she has no backbone whatsoever. I don't think her values are actually values. I think she mimics values in order to fit the political narrative. So even though she said very clearly, March 8, 2014, to President Barack Obama. That the only way to stop Putin is with a nuclear weapon. Now we weren't at war <laughs> with Russia at this time. Russia was not involved and on the brink of World War III, right? Now we are, all right? We're not in the war, but we kind of are, okay? Trump calls the man a genius. Trump has been an apologist for Vladimir Putin since he was president and beyond. He has now supported a candidate that said Vladimir Putin needs to be nuked. I think Sarah Palin will simply agree with Trump now. Do you think I'm wrong? I think she has a great interest in agreeing with whatever Trump says. You know, it got her in this endorsement, and that endorsement's going to probably carry her very far. Although it may hurt her for people who find Trump personally distasteful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's really difficult to tell her foreign policy, but I think. It's generally because she has very little experience with it. And that she will probably not have to make any foreign policy decisions in the House. You know, but they do have to make foreign policy decisions. Congress sure. literally by constitutional mandate are the only body who can go to war with another nation. Mm-hmm. That's a foreign policy decision. They have to make policy decisions as it relates to budget, humanitarian care, how much money is in the spending budget for the US military, Department of Defense. All of those are foreign policies that she would have a vote and leadership with. Now remember when she ran for vice president, her biggest weakness, according to the narrative then, was she lacked foreign experience. And she did not do her research and made a bunch of gaffes during the campaign. Do, right, a whole lot, right? Yeah. But do you think she studied in the what, 10 to 14 years? We haven't heard much from her. Do you think she has studied now and she knows a bit more? Or do you think she's just saying, hey, you know what? I'm gonna run for Congress. I set up my political platform and hopefully it turns into something else. Mm-hmm. The big thing she said about her platform so far, and she filed about an hour before the deadline on the right. Friday that I it was saw due. That. Um, so she didn't have a lot of time to make a detailed statement, but the only thing she's really mentioned is energy security. And I'd like to know exactly what that means because obviously Alaska has a lot of natural resources. But whether her concern with energy security is newfangled because of this foreign policy issue we're in the war we're considering. 
But I'd like to think people are generally more cautious when the threat of nuclear interaction is actually real. Yeah, right. Um, Sarah, you are typically a straight shooter. Was anybody checking for Sarah Palin in Alaska? I think generally Alaskans are upset that she did not finish her term as governor. Um, that's I think the big discontent that everyone has with Sarah Palin. Uh, obviously name recognition is going to get her a long way. But there are a lot of people who have spent these 10 years doing local government, um, to being in the state Senate, being in the state house, um, who are definitely more qualified. Anchorage Assembly, there's a candidate from there. Um, so I, I really think um, it's going to be a tough fight. and. Um, you know, Palin is not going to be able to just cruise to victory here. Let me ask you this, um, when she was a vice presidential candidate um, and saying all of those ridiculous things and making all of those gaps, were Alaskans as embarrassed as McCain was? I think we were, I, I gotta say I was like, nine, um, so it was not very salient to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think Alaskans all just kind of let out a collective groan of disappointment when we were informed of this new development. Um, because I think perhaps the, the best thing she could do is not win, but still split the Republican vote. Um, and so that's going to be a difficult strategic uh, reconciliation here. How much does the Trump endorsement help in the district she's running in? I am not exactly sure. I think it will probably on net help her, but I think it's going to lose a lot of people who find Trump personally very distasteful and who have, you know, maybe voted for Biden in this last election because they were tired of the Trump shenanigans. They were tired of, you know, grandstanding without any actual policy you know, being proposed. And I think that was one of the ways Don Young excelled for 49 years. We yeah. had a, a representative that would always put Alaskans interest first, regardless if it was popular with Republicans. You know, and I think the reason why um, I think the reason why that was such a successful recipe uh, was because uh, there's a conditioning that says, all right, we are intentionally going to stay away from from national politics mm -hmm. and put a very specific focus on the unique needs of Alaska. Alaska has unique needs, not germane to other states. Uh, some commonalities, some very, very different. Uh, that nuance made a difference, right? So mm -hmm. does Sarah Palin bring that to the table at all? Again, all I've seen from her platform so far is that she is focusing on energy security. Um, and so I don't see exactly her doing all the hard work of bipartisan negotiations um, that Don Young did. Don Young reached across the aisle frequently. And, you know, I personally saw him, you know, do his infrastructure bill. He got good things for Alaska from it uh, when he knew that it wasn't going to be held up any longer. I don't so, see Sarah Palin doing that. Yeah, uh, but she has the Trump endorsement. She has high name recognition. She's popular definitely outside of Alaska with the GOP. She's going to be able to demonstrate an ability to fundraise probably like no one else. Absolutely. And we know that at the end of the day, messaging comes down to distribution. Messaging is free, but distribution costs you money. And so she's able to reach voters with that message. And you got what 50 people running, I mean, damn. Uh, first of all, how did that happen, Sarah? 50 people running. 
I think it was mostly because it was such an unexpected turn of mm. events. We didn't expect Don Young to pass away so suddenly. Um, in this special election, we're trying to get it filled quickly. Um, what is difficult is that this election is Alaska's first ranked choice voting election. Uh, it's going to be conducted entirely by mail and Alaska has a very uh, unique provision for a top four open primary. So yeah. all of these 50 people run and the top four uh, in votes move on to the general election. I bet anything Sarah Palin's in the top four. I just don't know if she's gonna win. Yeah, it's, it's a plurality is how they do it. and. Uh, some people are familiar with this process for a city council race and sometimes county races. It is rare for uh, for the United States Congress, but it is allowable. States are allowed to set these parameters in the election. So out of that top four, right, you think Sarah will make the top four. Do you think she's at the top of the top four or barely in? I think she's probably safely in the top four. I wouldn't yeah. say she's the fourth. I probably also wouldn't say she's first. Uh, I think there's going to be at least one Democrat. Um, potentially the other seats will be filled by Republicans of repute uh, in local government. Um, and you know, goodness, ranked choice voting is such an unknown. We could see libertarians or independents in here. No, uh, they don't know how to do unknown. it. Sarah, yeah. they don't know how to do it. Here's how it's you true. win a plurality. You got a bunch of libertarians, Republicans, Democrats, independents. If one of those groups made a decision and said, you know what? We're gonna all bow out. I mean, I don't care how you do it, pick mm -hmm. straws or something. And we're gonna put our collective force behind one of those candidates. They can actually win in the plurality and surprise everyone because there's an organic split with everyone else voting. You simply need to come to the table with one of you, one of you representing that party, and you can upset a, a plurality almost any day of the week. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, I think we're gonna see a lot of candidates drop out of the race, mostly because they will be out fundraised by Sarah Palin and the other candidates with some name recognition. Um, but I think it's, it's still gonna be a very crowded field by the time of election day. All right, what's important to Alaskan uh, voters? I think we definitely want to see a representative that will advocate specifically for Alaskan interests. And that's you know often in what what Sarah Palin's calling energy security, but what I would probably call energy development. We know how to responsibly develop our resources quite generally. and and we want to see, you know, environmental preservation. We want to see, you know, a good balance of those things. So yeah. yeah, those are two issues I think Palin's going to have to be a little more clear about. You know, I think Sarah Palin got into this race because of Marjorie Taylor Greene. You think so? Yeah, I think she says, you know what? That should be me. <laughs> it's quite possible. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're all a little embarrassed about it, but we'll see how she does. All right, so we'll we'll bring an update to see what happens in the plurality. Uh, what four top candidates make it uh, to see what Sarah Palin faces, uh, where she is going going to um, place. I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so Thank much. You. Always a pleasure.